Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm Trouble. That's right, because today's episode is The Trouble with Tribbles. I'm No, uh, The Trouble with Fix-It. <laughs> you know, the one where they, like, open the hatch and, like, a bunch of fix-its come out? <laughs> no! And they're just well, multiplying? Actually, that was, that was a few episodes ago, Yeah, actually. I was gonna say, that That already happened. We already oh. <laughs> they were, they really shouldn't that. have uh, bought those from, uh, from that Horatio Jones guy. <laughs> yeah, that... That that episode raises questions that this make this episode makes even more complex. Yes. So yeah, this first aired uh, August first, twenty fifteen, written by Alex Irvine. This is his only Transformers episode, but not his first work on Transformers. Uh, because he wrote those G one guy. That, no, he's familiar. No, he wrote those two uh, War for Cybertron novels. Oh, oh! Oh, that's why it's a weird name. Ah, uh, yes. Transformers oh. Exodus and Transformers Exiles. But he did really? not rate the third I one. I knew that was familiar. Did any of us read them? I read them. Were they okay? They were I okay. Sh- yeah. I should have read them. I, feel like I, I mean, they definitely had some stuff in them that was clearly, like, maybe rewritten by, like, Hasbro guys. <laughs> They're a little disjointed. Yeah. Uh, he is a uh, he is a Michigander hmm. from uh, from Ypsilanti. Aha! Uh-huh. And he's also written a whole lot of other um, licensed stuff, okay. like uh, tie-ins with Supernatural, uh, a bunch of Marvel movie novelizations. Oh, so so he's your uh, budget, Alan Dean Foster? Is that the right guy? Kinda, yeah. Well, I mean, he's like a modern day Alan Dean Foster. Apparently, he's written. Uh, a Tom Clancy novel. Well, at this point, who hasn't? I didn't realize Tom Clancy had been VC Andrews. Well, I, I guess it's Tom Clancy's The Division, New York Collapse. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's 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 Tom, I guess it's a tie-in tie to a video game. A video which game is a tie-in to Tom Clancy based novels. on Tom Clancy's work. So you're yeah. like a couple degrees of separation away from actual from, Tom Clancy. <laughs> yes. Who is uh, long dead? What? Oh yeah, Tom Clancy is dead. Yeah. Is yeah, he? It has been oh, for yeah, like, like over a decade, hasn't he? I probably knew that when it happened and then forgot about it because I only care about Tom Clancy in the sense that I had to shelve a whole lot of but, his books. And people will continue. I, I admit that I mostly know Tom Clancy because I like uh, The Hunt for Red October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I shoved I, a lot of that. I mostly mean the movie. Yes. I, I, I would have liked to see a Montana. Mostly just familiar with Tom Clancy from having worked in a mall bookstore in 1997. Oh, it's, it's like that... Um... It's like that Simpsons gag where they go to an airport bookstore and it's only Crichton and Clancy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Somebody yeah. goes somebody goes in asking for like Don DeLello and they're like, get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kinda like that. I feel like the the whole thing with VC Andrews has reached a point where you only know about it if you worked at a bookstore or a used bookstore at some point in in the nineties or or two thousands. Those might still be pop. They made like some TV movies a couple years ago. Did they? 
Uh, they made they like remade uh, Flowers in the Attic. I think it had Heather Graham in it. Yeah, that rings a bell. I I think I remember hearing about that. Anyway, I'm pretty sure she put out far more books posthumously than she actually wrote when she was alive. I think people figure she wrote like one book and then died. <laughs> well, stranger things have happened. So anyway, this guy wrote a book for a Tom Clancy property. Yes. Which Okay. And Batman and various other things. And an Isaac Asimov robots novel? That's strange, but... I guess, yeah. I mean, I do like the title, Have Robot Will Travel. I mean, it's a good title. (laughs) It's pretty good. But, uh, yeah, and and he also wrote this episode, which opens with Fix It, Who is Missing? Oh, no. Wait, this should have been the episode called Our Minicon is Missing. Well, I guess that's true. And although he's not missing for much of the episode, well, neither was the ep- the minicons in that episode. I That's suppose. fair. That's I mean, we basically knew where that minicon was almost immediately. Yes, it was like, "Where's Jetstorm?" To your left. <laughs> so yeah, he's not in the scrapyard. They finally find him at the uh, at the Alcamores crash site, where he's just like stuck in a loop. It's like escape, 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 which is. Sad and straight, like, it brings up the questions like, wait, is Fix It people again? But at the same time, it's like, oh no, is he having robot PTSD? <laughs> well, we mentioned a but we. More at no like point, he's having a robot seizure. Yeah. Mm. And at no point in this episode do we mention whether he has a spark or not. No. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that would have been. Up. That would have helped this episode again, made like. The army of not fix it to die if you have <laughs> Many fix it to die to bring us this information. I, I still uh, am sticking with my metaphor of like the base model car versus the, the one with the extra safety package with the adaptive cruise control and so, the. So a spark is just on star? Yes. It's a, it's turbo it's, handling. It's an optional feature, <laughs> is what I'm saying, is that a spark is available as an optional feature with that model. Yeah, no, so, okay, so we'll, we'll put in the undercoat, and uh, we'll toss in a sole. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, are you going to get the extended warranty? <laughs> you going to call me about it later? Uh, all right, so... It's like, oh, do I, do I want to get the sole, or do I want to get a sunroof? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to use that sole all year, but that sunroof, it's not going to be much use in the winter. But mm. you're really going to enjoy it when you do have it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, unfortunately, it's now time for When Bears Attack. How Coming up next on bear Fox. So- <laughs> this is a really <laughs> big bear. bear. so large and angry. <laughs> I mean, you, you, when, it, when it's just up against Fix It, it's like, okay, yeah, that's a big grizzly. But then when we see it up against Sideswipe, it's bigger than him, so this bear is like... I mean, grizzly bears, when they stand up, are actually surprisingly tall. But this one's got to be like 20 feet tall. Yeah, I'm also, pretty sure this thing is about to fight, like, uh, Talia Shire and Robert Foxworth in the movie Prophecy. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Sideswipe should really be being kinder to his disabled teammate. I, I feel like there's a lot of, like disability stuff you could go into with fix it that they probably don't mean to 
Yes. Yeah. Well, I think they do and they don't, but it it is so I'd swipe who's kind of a jerk, but he's not yes. super jerk to fix it. Yeah, I mean, it's everybody just, yeah, else spends generally. the episode being very nice to fix it. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, it is kind of just him. Yeah. Being insensitive to his poor disabled teammate. Mm. Yeah, so these two minicons kind of get uh, smacked around. And then Sideswipe gets the full-on Leonardo DiCaprio in the Revenant treatment. <laughs> Oof. It's, it's... How is it so big? I mean... It, well, it, it's like... It feels like an editing mistake. As like, tall as he is. They wanted a big bear. You have it against Fix-It, big bear. But then it's still big bear went up against Sideswipe. Ooh, like Maybe it's actually an amnesiac chain claw. Maybe. Oh, could be. <gasps> dun dun dun. Chain claw uh, was the bear, right? I'm uh, on. I believe so. Yes, yeah. and uh, and the cat was cat is no no. Carnivac was the Decepticon. He was the wolf. Right. And the other Autobot was Catilla. I don't know. Yes. I only ever had one like of each side, and I did have chain claw. He's probably still. And right. then the other guy was Snarler, who was a pig. Like a, uh, like a yeah, I think Snarler was the Decepticon I had. Yeah, yeah, it was... Okay. We need to bring those Catilla. guys back. So he gets smacked around. Uh, the Minicons take over, and Slipstream actually manages to get this bear to smack its head on a branch. And it is... This bear is concussed. Yeah. Guess Drift's babies show up and fight the bear. <laughs> we, we are sending this bear off to the quiet room for concussion protocol. <laughs> Anyway, so so Sideswipe actually like uh, does a little uh, Arthur Fonzarelli maintenance on Fix It here, and it works. And he's just very confused. Yes. And, and, and there's a bit here where he, uh, Sideswipe asks what he's doing there, and Fix It thinks that it's like a hilarious riddle. <laughs> oh yeah, that's awkward, but also funny. I. I I like the, uh, so are, as I refer to them, Drift's babies. They are mini-cons as yes, well. Yes, they are. So they're, like, so they, they took care of the bear, and, and they're very happy. But I, I believe it's Jetstorm who does a little dance and is, is very excited about it. And Slipstream asks him what Master Drift would say about such a celebration. <laughs> uh, and I, I love them a lot. Yes. I just want to say I love them a lot. Yes. Uh, so yeah, they they take him back to base, and he's got to tell Bumblebee this hilarious joke about you know what what am I doing here? I don't know, but he's he's laughing at it anyway. It's it's kind of funny, but also extremely sad because he has been. <laughs> yes. Poor fix it. <sighs> and uh, you know, so Bumblebee is all like, hey, you know. You know, we better get this fixed because, uh, you know, next time somebody could get hurt. To which side was Yes, like me, by a bear. <laughs> yes. Also, I like that Grimlock speaks up for a moment here and, and points out that he learned the hard way that, you know, your, your own well-being can yes. put your teammates in danger. And yay, continuity. Continuity. Yes, good, con good use of continuity. Yes. Not, not just, oh, here's a villain that came back. It's like... Character development continuity. Yay. Yes. Although we get that too. 
So yeah, he's all, so Bumblebee's all, yeah, fix it. We need to fix you. And so, hey, why don't, uh, you know, how about, uh, Minicons? They have like little hands so they can like get into you, get all up in there. But, uh, fix it is clearly brain damaged because he says, no, <laughs> I'd rather have Denny do it. And, oh, that's a bad idea. I, I mean, I'm not sure. To be f- to be fair, he also has small hands. Yes. And is at least, like, we haven't seen any sign that Jetstorm and Slipstream are mechanically cl- inclined in any way. Yeah, this so, is true. They're good at manipulating weapons. I don't know about repairing anything. Yes. Like, well, this is a rare again. case where Denny actually is the good choice. I mean, they <laughs> do seem to be actual children. Yeah. Well, and they also do, they they seem they a little like too excited about opening up Fix It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they, they, we, you know, we, we, we will do our best to help you, but also we want to, you know, see them guts. <laughs> like, uh, like what do you got in there? And of course, Denny we is don't all want uh, people working on you. It's like the whole the the idea that the the person who wants to do it the least is the best suited for the job. Well, Denny is definitely the person who wants to do it the least because he's all uh no. Um listen, you you know, I'm glad you think highly of me, but also uh you may have met me. I'm a human disaster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but he has shown a inclination for fixing things and, and and russell is very encouraging like you know you can you can do this dad you just have to you know read uh you know he so he does some research and meanwhile trouble is afoot in the form of righty yay a bug and speaking of continuity remember we last saw him in even robots have nightmares the one where they had to deal with a uh, vampire tom kenny <laughs> yes oh such a good bat such a good bat robot. So he is he is sneaking in, and throughout the episode, he will occasionally pop in. Uh, he's he's trying to get uh, the rest, the other four fifths of himself, out of stir, and occasionally he has to like freeze and pretend to be part of the decor as Autobots pass by, and it works every time. Yes, partially Listen, because there's just so much weird junk in the junkyard, mainly because everyone's distracted, worried about fix it. Yes. So yeah, it is. Uh, it is surgery time. Dun dun dun. So so Denny powers down, fix it. He's got these. Uh, he's got the mini cons attending to him. But again, when they prove to be real weird about this, he has to send them out. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Just send these kids off to watch some Tom Savini movies or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the rope or whatever the robot equivalent of that is, which I guess would be like BattleBots. Ooh, something I, uh, I like BattleBots. Right, so th- that's the thing we we brought up. Like we don't get hear enough about Transformers music. We don't hear enough about Transformers films. I mean, in most media, we get maybe like, oh, robots have news on Cybertron. We don't get like film directors, have... art directors. There are artists we've had in the past in biotech specs, but I don't think we've had a robot film director. I have so much to say about (laughs) Transformers culture and how I assume that it just has been like eternally 
damaged by like constant warfare. Well, yeah, the and... constant war has ruined things, but like there should be like some there should be a robot who's obsessed with the golden age of film on Cybertron and always talking about the robot citizen Kane. Or whatever. Well, uh, guys, stay tuned because we are going to get a Decepticon on the, on the show who's like a robot actor who's basically Calculon from Futurama. <gasps> All right. <laughs> yes. I forgot that's what his character trait uh, was. Yes, he was great. I am already looking forward to this. He was. He was all the great robot actors: Thespo Matt, David Duchovny. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, so Denny is starting this operation, and he's just like he's just getting started, and suddenly Fixit wakes up, and everybody knows this probably isn't good. Yeah, because we're not done and with the surgery just, yet. No, like hey, I also, just started. First, I I just want to put in a word here that uh, they they mention as they're trying to not pressure Denny at all. They do mention, I think, one of the mini cons that. Uh, if if Denny does this wrong, then Fixit could be <laughs> as useless as a coffee grinder. Yes, and I take exception to that because coffee grinders are extremely useful. They have a purpose. They grind your coffee beans. <laughs> they have one purpose they're good at, and but how many often do you put anything else in the coffee bean grinder? <laughs> Why would you want to? Yeah. It's already full of coffee beans. Yeah. It's already the platonic ideal. <laughs> Anyway, I just needed to speak up in defense of coffee grinders. So it's it's definitely bad when he activates and immediately goes into kill everything mode. <laughs> yeah, his little eyeballs yes, turn red yes. and missile pods and like, guns pop out of him. They were never there before. Well, they, they say you know I don't I don't I didn't know Fix It had all that stuff in him. And they're like I don't think Fix It knew he had all that stuff in him. No, because there are definitely times when you would think he would have maybe used that like heavy weaponry. Oh, he didn't even know he had these driving claws. Like the no. first time he encountered <laughs> Chop Shop. Yes. Yes. That's... And they're like, "Hey, Fix It, how are you feeling?" And I'm just like evil. <laughs> Has anyone seen so, the end of Iron Giant? Yeah, it's a lot like that. He's just <laughs> guns pop out of everywhere. His arms just turn into like three different weapons apiece, and he's got shoulder cannons. And it's well, well. Now I just want to hear him like saying in his like little voice, "Superman." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and remember, that's Vin Diesel, everybody. Yeah, yeah. That, that was the first time I ever heard the name Vin Diesel, and I assumed it wasn't a name. I mean, that's the first time anybody heard the name Vin Diesel, unless they were uh, at Toy Fair and uh, somebody was demonstrating street sharks to them. Well, yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, the robot's name is actually Vin Diesel? Okay, that's cool. Oh, that's the actor's <laughs> good name. What? It's a good name. That's an impressive name. It's not his real name. It's like when the uh, the guy it's like when the guy playing Lance Hunter on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. turned out to be named Nick Blood. <laughs> or when you find out like um oh who was it? uh dick warlock's a stunt double for who was it uh, uh michael myers dick warlock oh i just was was deeply concerned the first time i realized that there was a guy named dick wolf who just gets <laughs> to go around being well regarded and named dick wolf 
Again, I mean, that, that feels have, like a name that's been passed on after someone has died, not a real name. I mean, you used to have a fairly prominent politician in your country named Dick Army. Yeah. <laughs> that was a while back, though. Dick Wolf is currently making whatever police procedurals he makes. This is true. Well, maybe not anymore. But um, I just saw. And then, of course, a, uh, there's always Dick. What is it with guys named Dick? There's also Dick Butkus. He had, like, a, a novel that presumably was the same sort of thing that he does for TV shows, and I just saw that at Half Price Books one time and was like, you can't just go around being named Dick Wolf. I, I and was... then someone pointed out to me that he was actually a well-known and established TV producer, and I was like, you what? can't just go around being <laughs> named Dick Wolf. You know, I really think that... Um... The age of men naming themselves, like, calling themselves Dick is over. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It is. I did go to high school with a Richard Head III, though. Oh, wait, wait. When was the last time I met a Richard, even? Oh, it's been a while. I I, I actually went to a uh, school with a Richard who had a last name that you absolutely could not pair with Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Vagina? Craven. Ooh. Dick Craven? Oh. Yeah, that doesn't I got I got I got a real Dick Craven. No. Wait, you act you went to school with someone who was Craven the Hunter? Uh yes. Yes, I this... it's spelled with a C, but yes. Still that this just explains, explains some things. <laughs> How was there a classmate named Octavius? Uh no. I no, have theories. But, uh... I have fan fictions now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so, uh, so yeah, he is, he's in super, apparently he's decided that they are all potential Decepticon escapees. Mm. And so they start theorizing, because remember, they did find all those, uh, Strong Strong Arm was terrifyingly attacked by a bunch of Fix-Its, and her theory is that those were, like, early versions of Fix-It. Possibly without souls, who were just, like, guards, as opposed to caretakers, like Fix-It, and they figured that maybe he can do he was, like, upgraded at some point in the past. And so he didn't have access to the guard part. Yeah, which does sort of make sense and sort of excuses, like, why those guys... A hundred of them being dead isn't that bad. But it's not made clear enough in the episodes. It's like, oh, no, he's an upgrade with a spark. Yes, they... Like, and admittedly, I... It is maybe the wrong cartoon to start talking about, like, whether this guy has a soul or not. Yeah, we're reading a bit <laughs> yeah. too much into this because we've been talking about Transformer Sparks for decades. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the difference between AI and sentience and whatnot, but it, mm-hmm. it's, it's quite, it's like, those, those other fixes are dead. Yeah. Or they're we rolling start- around in parts on the bottom of the ocean. Yes. We do at least sort of vaguely touch on some of that crunchy world building stuff that mm. I like and prefer to be like actually outlined and not just left up for question. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm still going to uh stand by my belief that Fix It has like a standardized body type that can be given assorted features. One of those features just happens to be a soul. Yes. And uh but uh you know what that is really important to Drift who's decided, well, he's he's evil now. Got to kill him. Which, it is sort of like I, I guess you could you could see like 
prison ships having a mini con like this that has like a caretaker personality by default and then just has like the the ship system or whatever can turn them into terrifying murder bots <laughs> as a as a defense mechanism. That's kind of interesting. I, I saw an episode of the uh, the eighties Twilight Zone like that once. Well, there you go. Uh, it was about this uh, this like small town, and there was like an old man vampire who moved in, and it Ooh, turns out kind. and it turns out the people there had like some sort of like immune reaction to him that turned them into monsters who then killed the vampire. Mm-hmm. Oh, Strange. pretty good episode. The- the question is then, does fix it as as we'll see in this case, this particular fix it is not working as intended, but in if everything was working normally, would the caretaker personality actually remember becoming a murder bot? That is a good question. That is the question. A lot of questions. Yeah. And uh, the Autobots uh, have another like question. Um, where did all these guns come from? Because out of nowhere, a bunch of laser guns start popping out of the uh, out of the scrapyard, as well as a bunch of force field mime traps. Yes, mm. and and Denny says that Fixit asked him to put away a bunch of stuff that he didn't recognize. <laughs> <laughs> so he just has all this heavy weaponry seated throughout the the junkyard that fix it was like uh we had this thing sitting around here i don't know what it does can you go put it on a shelf somewhere we, it's, yeah. it's very weird because it, at the end of the episode it's implied that fix it doesn't know about this stuff in the junkyard yes like as if his like killer robot subroutines were telling his conscious caretaker personality put this shit around the base just in case Yes. And maybe that is what was happening. Maybe. It's weird and scary, and I'm assuming probably it never comes up again, but if it does come up again, I'm looking forward to more of it. Yes. So this also ends up activating Chop Shop, who who pops out of his pod, reunites with his missing limb, and decides, well, you know... Uh, well, I'm here. Why don't I just steal some of their energon? <laughs> They're distracted. Yeah, they won't. They won't miss it. So, uh, Bumblebee, Strongarm, Drift, and his minicons all get stuck in like these mime boxes. Yeah, which is pretty great. Oh, so yeah. Now- what is it that the um Drift says right before he gets stuck in it? it made me laugh, but I forget what it was. Um, I can't recall. I don't have it written down. No, but if something like I'm skilled and stealthy or something, and then immediately gets caught in the box. Oh. Oh, yeah. He basically just makes some comment about how good he is at everything, and then immediately gets himself trapped. Mm-hmm. Which was a good comeback, but still, he his first thought was just murder, fix it. Yes. yes. You, you got a long way to go before you're a decent character drift. So, so Sideswipe and, and Grimlock, they, they spot Chop Shop. They go after him. He escapes by separating into his component bugs. And then Russell... Each carrying a little Energon cube. Yes. It's a good thing I only stole five. Yes. And then Russell decides, hey, what, you know, he's definitely Decepticon. We're just maybe Decepticons. Maybe I can tell Fix-It to catch him. 
And he does that and then immediately he go fix it goes into kill mode with Russell and Denny. I I like how they go up to him and they're like, Look, we're not Decepticons, see, we don't have Decepticon symbols and they like point at their arms and I'm thinking, also you're clearly not even the same kind of life form as Decepticons. Yeah. So I feel like you could lead with, Hey, we're humans. <laughs> we're yes. organic. We're not your jurisdiction. We're aliens. We're not what you're after. Of course, he's probably also destroy all aliens as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. He's a Decepticon now. <laughs> like old school Decepticon. Yes. Uh, but he does actually see one of the Chop Shop bugs and does go after him. And there's a great bit where Sideswipe tries to catch both of them and totally blows it both times. <laughs> Like Chop Shop just goes around him and then Fix It just goes right through his legs and it's very embarrassing. <laughs> it is. That was good. And then as he's chasing after him, all of the like systems focus on him as well, so he so the other Autobots are free. And Grimlock has a pretty great line of Chop Shop here where he says that I'm I'm gonna put you back together so I can tear you apart. <laughs> it's a great Grimlock line. Yeah, it's a little scary. Well, not as scary as what happens when uh, they fix it does blast uh, Chop Shop into his bits, and then is, uh, well, he goes he goes full on Charles Bronson on him. Yeah, he Ooh. is absolutely ready to do a murder at this point. It's uh, more than a little scary. Hey, hey pal, blemo. Looks like I'm gonna squash this bug. He he does not actually sound like Charles Bronson. No, no, might he be, does not. Might be the same height as Charles Bronson. <laughs> anyway, and so he is, and then Bumblebee tries to stop him, and he totally gets the uh, the Bam Bam treatment. Yes. <laughs> he just grabs him by the arm, wham, wham, wham. And then he he beats all of the Autobots single handedly. Until finally, Denny hit finds his off switch. Yes. So we're, uh, you know, uh, Chop Shop has been defeated. We, uh, he's he's put back. Uh, he's all five of his components are in stasis now, and so Where it is time complete? to resume surgery. Yes. Uh, Denny has a good line here where they, they ask him for a status report, and he says, "Well, I'm not crying yet." <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh. I really feel for Denny here. Th- that is, as we would say, mood. Yeah. But he, uh, he actually does do it. And, uh, you know, Fix It wakes up and he, he had the strangest dream. And why you were there, Bumblebee, and, and you, and you, and, and even old Hunk there. <laughs> They're like, did you try to kill us? And he's like, no. Also, what's, what's what's this terrible mess? He's very C three PO in this episode. He is. Hmm. Uh, oh, it's 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 Denny Clay, my oldest friend. <laughs> oh. I love that so much. And then Denny's all, "Hey, hey!" Uh, one of the few good parts of that movie. And then and then they hand uh, uh, fix it this uh, like uh, magic knife to translate. 
No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No. So, yeah, he starts... budget mad libs. He starts sort of cleaning it up in his traditional fix-it fashion. And uh, B and Drifter all, hey, uh, maybe we should, like, get these defense systems working, because uh, otherwise our last line of defense is literally fix-it. Yeah. And his like, brain hey, doesn't this really would, work. This would be really useful to have if we can, you know, actually control it without turning our tiny friend into a murder bot. And then, at the end of the episode, it's Optimus Prime, Bumblebee. It's almost the end of the season. Like, Bumblebee literally, like, picks up a piece of shiny metal and looks at it. And Optimus Prime is like, ring, ring, calling from the afterlife. Listen, finally, (laughs) you picked up something shiny. I was going to have to appear to you in strong arms, but if you didn't appear, <laughs> you didn't do something for like the next day. Anyway, it's almost the end of the season, and I have to warn you of some nebulously ill-defined evil that is going to happen in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> it does really have that kind of feeling, like... Hey, we need to remind people that there's a meta plot because we're about to jump into the meta plot. Yeah, kind of, but but it's also very much like Optimus Prime just leaving a voice message. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're not there. Call me when you get back. Um, bye. Oh, the, the planet's in danger, or something. <laughs> kicker, uh, kicker. Wait, wait, wait. From from what or who? Gotta go. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that is the end of the episode. Uh, you know, it's pretty fun. We get some, we get some good fix it and then some terrifying fix it. And, uh, I, I think I'm well known here as a guy who likes fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting we get to see murder fix it. Murder. I what? guess, I guess that would be break it. <laughs> <laughs> Or kill it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it got a little into that crunchy world building, not too far, but a little bit, and uh, I always appreciate that. And <laughs> it was, apart from Sideswipe being a jerk to their poor disabled teammate, it was, it was we got that little tiny bit of continuity hook and uh yeah i liked it good episode all right so i think that now brings us to david's tokusatsu corner oh yes this week on kiki sentai go go five uh the flame throwing firefighter robo that sounds it's... like a pretty bad firefighter yeah yes well because the the villain's evil butler bug tries to find a monster card he can't find a good one one of the imp minions shows him a newspaper about a firefighting robot and he goes to turn the firefighting robot into an evil monster by stealing it and then plugging it into the hell mouth they use to summon monsters to recharge it sure that's where it goes right yeah anyway robot's evil uh it turns out blue helped 
build or program the robot, and Green was around when they were first testing it, and bonded with the robot, although th- this is robot in very robot sense. Like, th- there's the artificial intelligent astrotrain-looking liner boy who has an AI. This firefighting robot doesn't. It's, like, controlled by an oversized Game Boy Advance, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's supposed to be a little uh, a little or a little laptop but it, it's very little anyway it's like the first thing that they do is turn the robot into a giant robot so you have a giant robot versus giant robot fight at the very beginning of the episode and then that never comes back at the end <laughs> so most of the episode is the, the rangers are like the, even the fire departments agreed we have to destroy this robot because after they fought it, it shrunk down to normal size. And, and then it's just, it's a little weird and we can't fix it. So we have to destroy it or it goes on a rampage again and kills people. But then the Green Ranger runs away with it. It's like, no, he's a good robot. He can be helped. And he's helpful. And, and then the robot tries to burn a small child. It's like, no, we can't fix the robot. We have to kill it. And then they do. It, it's a weird, it's a very different episode in, well, cause a giant robot fights at the beginning. And the robot kind of feels like a leftover design from a different series. Cause it, it doesn't fit the normal monster aesthetic. It's a robot, but it's not kind of like a giant Zord robot. Like the arms and legs are blocky, but the torso is all round in different ways. It feels like it was leftover from a different show and they're just, yeah, let's put it in this one. Although it was probably actually designed for this. It just feels weird. It's a strange episode. But anyway, they're sad at the end. They had to blow up their robot friend who was rogue, but he doesn't have an AI, so he's not really a real boy at all. Aw. He doesn't have a spark? No, he's a mindless fix-it. Aw, no. His eye didn't go red. Sadly, his his face sort of looks like a GM, but not. And he's, well, he's called Big Dozer, and he looks more like he's, because he's yellow, he looks more like a construction vehicle, but he has (laughs) fire extinguisher nipples that when he becomes evil, shoot fire. It's all kind of a setup, because like the last few seconds, a red scorpion jumps, lands on the Red Ranger's neck and disappears, and nobody notices. And then you have Dinas and Kolboldus laughing as they cut to the villain's lair. So it was all a distraction to set up, oh, we're going to do something to the Red Ranger next episode. Because a scorpion's inside him. <laughs> weird episode. Not bad, just weird. Of course, it's also like episode 47 or something, 6. I guess we're getting close to the end. Yeah, we're we're, we're almost at the end. And it's like, we need something as filler before we get to the actual epilogue episodes where everything wraps up and we kill the bad guys. Yay, before all the glowing and crashing into things. Yes. Is there glowing and crashing into things? I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of that. Family stuff on both sides. Lots of screaming and crashing emotions. Yay. That's it for this week. All right. So, that and that is it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise. Uh, in addition, we are all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That is at patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for December, we finally got to watch New Mutants after several years of 
well, maybe not several, a few years of delay. Uh, this month, we are going to subject ourselves to the first episode of Earthrise. Ooh. Uh, it's, it's looking grim, folks. It's looking real grim. Oh, yeah. But uh, what is not grim is that uh, next week we'll be back to Robots in Disguise, and we are traveling to Space Jail with uh, Guy Pierce in Lockout. Um, it does it actually have Guy Pierce? Yeah, it's, it's like a whole it, movie. He like goes to space, and there's a jail, and he's got to save the president's no, daughter. I mean, in in the Transformers episode, because honestly, after Frank Stallone, I would believe anything. Uh, Almost, sadly, wait, no. That that movie wasn't called Space Jail. I uh, know it is actually called Lockout, but there is a space oh. jail in it. And no, but this one does have uh, Frank Stallone in it. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Thank you.